and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. <laughs> and we have made it successfully through month one of 2021. January is now over. Yay! I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. <laughs> we did it. It's It's been a long year already. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it. We made it through January. We are starting February, and for the month of February, we're going to be talking about Rick Moranis movies, but our first episode today, we are talking, we're doing our staff picks. We talked about this when we did Be Kind Rewind and how cool it was to go to a video store and have kind of the picks from the staff there to decide what movies you wanted to go see or, or watch or rent. Uh, and so we're going to kind of carry that tradition forward, even though we don't run a video store, because that would be a waste of <laughs> money and efforts at this point. I don't know. Blockbuster stock is going up, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a comeback. <laughs> yeah. The Blockbuster and GameStop. Woo. All right. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk and, and we picked the theme of cinematographer. So for our staff picks, and this was, I'll be honest, a little bit difficult for me because I don't necessarily know a favorite cinematographer. Like I know a favorite director or a favorite sure. writer or a favorite composer or things like that. So this was a stretch for me, but it was fun once I kind of landed on who I picked uh, and the movies that I picked for it. Um, but I thought we'd just kind of go around and have each of us kind of share uh, the cinematographer that we chose uh, and the movies that we picked for that cinematographer. So Val, why don't we start with you? It was your idea to pick cinematographer, I think. No. No, it wasn't your idea. <laughs> well, we'll start with you anyway. <laughs> well, let's start with you it anyway, was, Val. It was, it was my idea to do staff picks. Yes. But it was not my idea to do cinematographer, but uh, we can start with me. That's fine. Um, I went, I actually went and did some digging and found a cinematographer I didn't know. Um, I didn't, nice. um, you know, I could have picked, I kind of went through the movies that I love, like Saving Private Ryan and Pride and Prejudice and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, those are like, people know about those movies. And so I thought I would bring up a cinematographer that maybe people didn't know about, but you've probably seen um, her movies. And I, um, I, on my list of cinematographers, realized that I am a female movie lover and didn't have any female names on there. So I was very pleasantly surprised to see uh, Rachel Morrison and the three Ooh. movies that she did that that she has done that I didn't know that she had done. So Rachel Morrison is who I chose. She um, was nominated for an Oscar um, for Mudbound. And so that's one of the movies that I chose. Um, and I love that movie, Mudbound. She is also the cinematographer for Black Panther, um, nice, which huh? I didn't know. And Black Panther, um, it's not my favorite um, MCU movie, but I do think the cinematography is absolutely breathtaking. And having to be a cinematographer and also work with so many your cinematography is working within so many different levels of mm -hmm. film aspects. It's got to be really, really hard. Um, mm -hmm. And then she also did the movie Cake is what I who, what I was going to talk about today. There are three totally different movies, Cake, Mudbound, and Black Panther. And Rachel Morrison is my cinematographer. I love that list. That really I haven't seen list. Mudbound. It's on my list, but I haven't seen Ooh, it. You need to. I will bump that up based on your recommendation. 
<laughs> Mary J. Blige is in this movie and she's amazing. I love her as a singer, as a songwriter, yeah. and she is fantastic in this movie. Awesome. So what kind of films are like Mudbound and Cake and Black Panther? So if somebody's so, like looking there, I picked three totally different movies. So you could see that like cinematography isn't just about these big epic, you know, scenes and everything because we can all go see a beautiful movie, but sometimes a cinematographer really needs to capture specific moments. Um, we, uh, most of us have seen black Panther. So we understand the ginormous like capacity mm -hmm. that you have to capture in that film. And not only do you have to capture the cinematography, the lighting, the presence, but it has to work with all of, um, you know, the stuff that's not there <laughs> that you don't mm -hmm. see yet. Mm -hmm. um, and that's right. got to be really hard. Mudbound um, is totally different from that. It is actually two men that are coming home from World War II um, and they start working on a farm in rural Mississippi. So you're going from World War II to rural Mississippi. Um, it's in the midst of racism and war and things, the world trying to change, but then that part of the world not wanting to change. Um, it has two, well, it has a hugely fantastic cast, but um, Carrie Mulligan, who I just watched last night um, on in the movie The Dig, which was fantastic, which I would have chosen for this, but I had already chosen my movies, but um, Carrie Mulligan is fantastic. Jason Clark, Same. Mary J. Blige, fantastic. Same cinematographer did the dig? Um, no, but oh, okay. that okay. movie, the cinematography in that movie, if we're going to go with like Carrie Mulligan movies, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. these are two okay. fantastic Carrie Mulligan movies. Um, she mm -hmm. is just like being becoming um, more and more of one of my favorite ac actresses. Now, Cake is very different because Cake is actually one of Jennifer Aniston. I think it, she's in it. It came out in uh, 2014. I don't think a lot of people watched it. I think that uh, it, she was up for a Golden Globe and then it just kind of disappeared. Um, she had five wins for this movie, seven nominations in all the different award shows. Um, but she basically plays a character, um, who is fascinated by suicide because she has mm. chronic pain because she's dying. Mm. It's really, really mm. like, it's sad, but at the same time, um, you have to capture these. She's a really beautiful person, right? Just regularly. She's in this movie and she is in this deep, dark depression. There's this moment, and this is where the cinematography came in for me. There's this moment where she's lying in her bed and she's just struggling. And when you go through depression and you go through disease and you go through all these things, you kind of age more than you regularly would, right? right. And there's a section of the movie where she is kind of having this hallucination moment. I would call it, it's not really that, but I can't, it, it's a lot. And she's mm -hmm. going to lay down in her bed. And usually in cinematography, you want to capture like the whole thing, but the camera is very low on the bed. So that you actually see her sinking into her mm. depression. And then the nice. lighting shows like every wrinkle on her face. And Jennifer Aniston doesn't have very many wrinkles. Right. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so, 
so for her as an actress and then the makeup artist and then the cinematographer and the lighting person to all work together to capture this moment where you totally lose Jennifer Aniston, like who you think she is in this moment. Um, and it, it's just such a great scene, the choreography of how she's going down and the camera is already down, but then is going up as she's going down. So you just kind of feel this like discombobulated um, world that she's living in. It's just really fantastic. So I've got a superhero movie, a period piece, and this really dramatic, like it's take, it takes place now, but it's a drama. Um, it, and most of it takes place in like, I think four different locations in the Jennifer Aniston movie. Nice. Um, nice. So it, it, in a lot she, of ways that makes it harder. It, yeah, it does. And so, um, but yeah, it's so three totally different movies from the same cinematographer. Um, I, it, so this specific cinematography, she photographer, Jason, uh, Rachel Morrison, she actually does a lot of um, black film. Oh, I don't cool. know if that's like what, but when I looked her up, I realized that I had seen a lot of her work. And so I could have chosen um, a few other like really popular um, movies that you've probably seen, but I figured I, these three movies for me, um, dope was a really good movie. She did. She was mm -hmm. the cinematographer in that movie in 2015. She also was the cinematographer um, in uh Fruitville Station, uh, oh, yeah. which has Michael B. Jordan in it, which the cinematography in that movie is crazy, um, mm -hmm. along with the lighting. Um, I think like lighting people and cinematographers must be like either really good friends or they can't mm -hmm. work together <laughs> because it's, it's just great. Like if you don't like your lighting person and when you're a cinematographer, then you're going to hate your life. But um yep. So yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. She does. She actually did the cinematography for Oprah's Masterclass. So like the TV series, oh. the documentaries for that. So she's she's kind of That's does cool. a lot of different. Where a lot of cinematographers kind of, I notice they kind of stick towards a specific genre. For her right. to do, you know, um, cake, then Oprah, then dope, then um, <laughs> <laughs> Mudbound. Um, and she did some TV shows in between there and she's actually, um, and then black Panther. So, mm -hmm. and then she, after black Panther, she actually did a short about Walmart. She did, um, oh, a movie short about Walmart. So she really, you know, I, likes to jump around a little bit, but, um, she also did, I'm looking at her IMDB. I didn't know this cause I didn't scroll down that far. She did the Hills. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, so I don't know that, but you got to get in very, somehow. Like you yeah. got to get your foot in somehow. She also did First. Lady Gaga's uh -huh. um, Inside the Outside TV documentary. She was the director of photography for that. Um, so she gets around. She likes to do a lot yeah. of different things. So check her out. Um, I think out of these three movies, if you were only to see one, I would actually choose Mudbound over any of them um, because I do think that the context of the movie with what we're going on right now. Um, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think the acting is fantastic. The lighting, the color and the cinematography are really great. I mean, of course, black Panther is great cake. You gotta be, you gotta be ready for that one, but I think it's probably one of Jennifer Aniston's best um, performances. 
Nice. Uh, so, but yeah, three totally different movies. Very cool. Well, when you were talking about cake and describing that scene, it made me think of uh, Brian Tufano who did train spotting. Mm, um, yes. Train spotting, when he very similar. The he sinks into the bed. Um, yeah. when he's going through his heroin withdrawals. That made me think of that. Um, that's a great list. Well done. Thanks. All right, Tracy, who do you have and what are the films on your list? So I had the opposite problem of Jake um, because I... <laughs> this must have been your idea because if it I wasn't... It was. well, yeah, it had to have been... I guess <laughs> it wasn't my idea. So <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I, You're I kept welcome. going through people. Um, I, I finally settled on, to me, the single most interesting cinematographer. Um, this is a cinematographer who can actually get actors to sign onto the film because they're involved, which is really rare. Um, I went with the great English cinematographer, Roger Deakins. Uh, Roger Deakins is uh, an English uh, cinematographer. He worked a lot with the Coen brothers. Um, he had done a lot of stuff before that, but he kind of really got in with the Coen brothers um, he's made 12 films with them, um, starting with uh, Barton Fink. And that's not what I was going to talk about, but Barton Fink was one of the one of the first, actually it was the first Coen Brothers film I ever saw when I was in film school. And I didn't get it at first. And I was like, I don't know what I just watched, but oh my gosh, I loved it. Um, but I'm going to start with his first film that I'm going to talk about, The Shawshank Redemption. Um, this is a film that is gained a lot of popularity since it came out. Didn't really do great at the box office at first, but it found um, its presence on home video. And then of course, with like satellite and cable, um, this is a film that is so diverse in its shots and its setup. It is so deceptively simple um, in what it, in what it does. And I can't help, but if I'm, flipping channels on a Saturday. And if I come across the Shawshank Redemption, I'm watching it to the end. That's just is how that's going to go. Uh, the second one that I chose um, as another Coen brothers film, I'm a big fan of the Coens, um, but I love the cinematography because it's so different. Um, he went with no country for old men, which is a phenomenal film. And it's so good about bringing out tension um, bringing out the, the character, um, the Shigur character, the way they shoot him with the angles is just absolutely breathtaking. The color in that film. Um, I almost went with Fargo. That's another great classic. Um, and then he went in a, in a different direction and he finally got his first Academy Award. He had been nominated th 13 times, um, had never won it. Um, Blade Runner 2049. Mm. which was Denny Vanille, yeah. Denny, Denny Villeneuve. Yeah, I always have trouble with his name. Um, but uh, that film is, you, you could take still shots from that film and hang it on a wall. It is absolutely gorgeous to look at. And the wide variety of color, if you want to talk about color theory, um, that is a film to check out and watch because he's got everything from these cold blues in the, in the city they go out to the desert where Harrison Ford's Decker is and everything is very dusty and yellow and orange and absolutely stunning nighttime cinematography. 
Um, so yeah, like I said, he's a guy that when um, they were making Sicario, Josh Brolin signed on just because Roger Deakins was involved. Um, he did 1917, which mm-hmm. uh, won an Academy Award a couple of years ago, um, which is famous because it all looks like one shot. It wasn't one you know, shot. It feels like a couple of years ago, but it was last year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was it last year? I'm Holy pretty sure it was crap. last year. Yeah, it was like the end oh. of 2019. Yeah. Oh. Jeez, Louise, time is weird. <laughs> Five years ago but in 2021. <laughs> time is weird when you've spent the last, you know, 11 months in quarantine. So, <laughs> But the other thing that I love is when um, Pixar was getting ready to make WALL-E, um, they actually consulted with Roger Deakins and asked him, okay, so this is, we kind of want to make this kind of like a 70s sci-fi film. So what kind of lenses were you guys using? What kind of um, techniques were you guys using? And he really went with them. And, and in fact, they wrote like new software based to create cinema, virtual lenses based on what he told them and talked about to them um, to make how that film happen. So uh, not quite as diverse as Val's pick, but there you go. But if, I, I think this is a good entry level. If you're a, if you're interested in cinematography and you don't really know where to start, Roger Deakins is, he's kind of like the Spielberg of the pop culture movies. He's just one of the best. Yeah. He's one of the most accessible. Um, it's a great starting point before you can do a, a deeper dive into stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I wasn't sure where to go with my pick. Um, I ended up landing on somebody who I think is a little bit opposite of, of your guy, um, Tracy, as far as he got his Academy Award earlier in his career. And um, back in 92, he won the Academy Award for Best Cinematography for A River Runs Through It, 92 or 93. Oh, yeah. Um, which is not one of the movies that I picked for the for my list. But um, I went with uh, Philippe Ruzolo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's known for A River Runs Through It. He also did um, Interview with a Vampire. Um, but when I looked at his list of movies, the reason why I went with him is I picked a movie that I think visually looks um, amazing and um, is just appealing to me. And that's big fish. Um, So I'm a big Tim Burton fan and big fish is probably my favorite Tim Burton movie. Um, And I think there's a lot about big fish that, that I like more than the other Tim Burton movies. I think it's a little bit more accessible story than some of his other films. And I think even though it's still a really weird story, um, I think it's just more accessible, but I think visually it just looks amazing. Some of the shots in there, uh, when Ewan McGregor is, um, I don't, if he's proposing and it's the field of sunflowers and, um, there's also the shot in the circus where time kind of stands still and things like that, that just looks really, really great. And I think there's just a certain style that goes with this movie, um, that elevates it a little bit more, uh, than some mm-hmm. of the other Tim Burton films. Um, and I, when I looked it up, I thought, well, maybe this is like, because Tim Burton's got his music guy and Danny Elfman and he's got kind of his actor and Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. And uh, so I thought maybe this is his cinematography guy, but he's only done this and Charlie and the chocolate factory with uh, mm-hmm. Tim Burton. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I like that. Then another movie that I picked uh, from this cinematographer is remember the Titans. Nice. Um, 
which maybe isn't a film that you would think of uh, for cinematography, but I thought it is so hard to get sports movies done right and to get mm-hmm. those shots mm-hmm. and sequences. Uh, and he does a really good job in this movie, making you feel like you're part of the game when you're in the game, but also just some of the shots when they're on Getty, uh, at Gettysburg and there's the fog kind of rising off of the um, fields there and uh, things like that that are just really impressive. So I remember the Titans was my second pick. And then uh, my third pick was fantastic beasts and where to find them. So um, it was interesting. So that film is directed by the same director as the last four Harry Potter films, um, Mm -hmm. but it still had a different look. And um, Mm -hmm. a lot of it's kind of that muted color and, um, to kind of make it feel old because it takes place in the twenties um, and thirties or twenties or thirties, somewhere in that time frame, And so to kind of give it that look, there's a little bit more of that muted kind of gray look to it and, and things like that, that I thought were really well done. Uh, and it's the first one, not the second one. I didn't like the second one as much because the story was a little bit, not as great, but the first one I thought was really well done. So those are my three from Philippe Ruzolo and he's been around for a long time. Um, like I said, 92 or 93, I think is when river, a river runs through it came out and that's when he won his Academy award. Um, but he's done a lot of different films and I thought these were three kind of very different genres as well. So I like that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I forgot how good the cinematography is until you mentioned it of a river runs through it, that, that film on the big screen. And that's another one that's deceptively simple because it's like, Oh, a lot of it's outside. You just set up the camera. It's like, Shooting outside is in a lot of ways harder because you can't control anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not controlling the sun. You're not controlling your light source. It's, uh, but yeah, that's a good list. I like that. Very right. nice. So there's our staff picks for February. So there's nine movies that you guys can go check out if you haven't watched them in a while or haven't seen them before uh, based on our recommendations. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as we do this throughout the year. Um, kind of the different lists of movies that each of us pick and how that kind of shapes up and kind of our different styles and tastes. Um, I think that'll be interesting for our listeners and hopefully they enjoy it. Hopefully you guys enjoy it and, and let us know what you think. Um, so what next week we... we're doing, uh, we're doing best boys, right? Or daffers, which is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. The, the best. <laughs> Best Our favorite grip. <laughs> no, I, I, this was fun to do something like this for me. Um, in the end, it was hard because I didn't know where to go and it wasn't, you know, you had a list already, Tracy and, and Val, I think you too, where you kind of knew some of the people that you wanted to look at or movies that you wanted to pick. Um, so for me, it was a little bit more challenging, which was good. I like the stretch. I like it. So it was fun. For, I think um, for, I think it's, to, to do something like that opens up your mind. I um, like I could have gone, you know, I, I love River Runs Through It. I love Shawshank. I love like those movies. Um, but I, I just kind of went a different route with mine where I just said, you know, um, who I just looked up who's a female cinematographer and you know and i looked at the at those um you you know and you can do british you could do you know who does period pieces because i didn't i 
really wanted to go a different way and kind of see, I learned something for myself instead of going with what I already knew. So, right, right. Um, and I did learn something and I totally forgot about the movie cake. Like I think everybody else did cause it came out in 2014. And so I went back and I rewatched that. I rewatched Mudbound. Um, I've already seen are they on Netflix, Amazon Prime? Um, I own Mudbound. Um, okay. But yes, I think I streamed. I actually think I did stream that. Um, Cake, uh, I think, was on Amazon. Um, and I own Black, Black Panther. And I've already watched that cool. one like within the last three months. So I didn't watch that one again. But um, but yeah, so I think like looking sure, sure, up sure. films like this, you know, like you said, Jake, you did, right, you did it, you know, kind of the right way as you're thinking to yourself, what kind of movies do I like, you know, and for me, that's, that was like, oh, okay, well, mm -hmm. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, I feel like these movies are going to be talked about. I feel like these other movies are like that I thought of, you know, are kind of predictable. And you guys know that I don't like to go with the predictable. That's why I keep losing um, at Craig's show. Um, but because uh, <laughs> I like to go a different route. Uh, but See, and, um, and, and it's funny. There, I don't think there's a I'm wrong way. This week. Yeah, I, I'm torn this week on mine because I got to submit my picks for the office for Craig, and I really want to take a couple of big swings, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, do I really want to swing at that one? So, so we'll I'm I'm uh, recasting American History X. Oh wow! For, oh, wow. His, for his regular show, um, and Edward I haven't Norton. done it. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. I've watched the movie again, and I have not recast it yet. Um, so I've got to, I've got to do that today because I was supposed to. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm behind. But yeah, so I don't think there's a bad way to find new movies. There's not a wrong mm -hmm. way. There's not, mm -hmm. you know, like we all come at movies in different ways. You know, Tracy mm -hmm. and I have both been to film school, but we don't. I don't think we think in the same way. I think we see things oh, uh -uh. sometimes similarly. But you know, it's nice that we all three have very different. Um, points of view but like I think if I were to pick a genre of film that I love cinematography and Jake sports movies are probably my mm -hmm. favorite mm -hmm. um, you know re remember the Titans is so great because it captures um, some moments that isn't that aren't in a lot of different sports films um, there are right. some scenes there that because a lot of sports films you see the same kind of shots over and over but uh, mm -hmm. remember the Titans has there are some some shots in that movie that really give you chills. Mm -hmm. um, um, I do think that when you get more into like the Harry Potter films or, uh, and I agree with you. I like the, the first one. Um, what movie was that again? Fantastic beasts. Yeah. The fantastic beasts. I like the first one, the first one for the story better than the second one, but actually the cinematography, the coloring, which a lot of people get confused with cinematography, but the coloring of the second one is actually a lot cooler, but the story, the story is a little stupid. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, those movies, the fantastic beast, Harry Potter, they all have fantastic lighting, coloring, and cinematography. And I think mm -hmm. that the movies would not have done as well if they didn't have the right people doing that. Because yeah. all day long, you could have good actors in a room, but if that room doesn't look good, if that, you know, <laughs> yeah. that it, sure. I mean, it, you know, so I think in those sorts of movies, the storyteller is more of, 
the art director, the cinematographer, right. you know, the, the um, costumer, like all of those are huge parts of, of those types of movies because you really, you can't just have a good director and good actors for that. Like you've really got to pick the, your creative team. Um, and that's really hard because we've all seen where it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, fantastic. When I was four. In, when <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> when I was in, uh, when I was in film school, um, Danny Boyle was in town and he was, I can't remember the name of the film. They shot it in Salt Lake. It was, uh, with Ewan McGregor. Um, yeah. um oh my anyway, gosh. they were in, they were in town. Um, shooting that and he wasn't a real big name at the time he was kind of for the indie group and it was so funny because Danny Boyle uh, brought a cinematographer uh, to come talk to us and Danny Boyle was this ball of nervous energy he kept fidgeting and he kept like doing this and he was just this you could just feel the energy coming off of him and his cinematographer Brian Tufano was very much the English reserved gentleman, you know, he was very, uh, very calm and very, and it was just so funny to see these two working, you know, talking to each other and talking about each other. And I'm like, you guys are so opposite, but you can tell that it works, you know? Yeah. Um, I do think Jake, you're right. That a lot of times a, a director will use the cinematographer over and over mm -hmm. because you it's such a hard job and, and people don't think about Val talked about the lighting and you got the coloring. You've got to think about how you're going to move the camera through space. You got to figure out which shots are going to convey the most information in the best way possible. Um, plus you got to make these people look good. There's just so much that goes into it. And so you've got somebody like Janusz Kaminski who works a lot with Spielberg. They started together on Schindler's list. Um, and he's done a lot of the films for, um, Spielberg in, in the year since. And then the other guy that I really, really like is Emmanuel Lubezki, who works a lot with Alfonso Cuaron. Um, they did Gravity. Um, they did, um, what's the other one? Uh, Children of Men, which uh, Children I of love Men that movie. blew my socks off. Like I'm watching right. that film in the theater and I'm like, I have no idea how they're doing with these shots. It was incredible. Yeah. That movie, you could almost taste that movie, like the dirt uh -huh. and the gritty and the, like, that was such a great, a great movie. Yeah. Did yeah. they shoot so, a lifeless uh, ordinary here? Is that the one you're talking about? Yes, Did they shoot that's this the, movie one, here? that's the one. I yep. love that movie. I didn't know they shot that here. <laughs> I don't know how uh, I didn't know I, that. I don't think they shot. I don't think they shot the whole thing here, but they did shoot. Some okay. Here, yeah. Okay. But I was like, because they didn't shoot Slumdog Millionaire here, or no, Shadow <laughs> no, that Shallow, one or Shallow Grave, or Train Spotting. Mm -mm. Um, they did. He did do 127 hours here, but that doesn't have Hugh and McGregor in it. So, <laughs> and the beach was definitely not shot here, nope, and neither was well, 28 Days Later. The beach could have been out on um, the Great Salt Lake. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, that cinematography would have been fantastic. You could the Great Salt Lake look like that beach. <laughs> 
But I, I love what you said, Jake, is, is sometimes we think about our favorite genres or we think of our favorite directors. Um, it's fun to be able to pick a different way to get into what films you like and why. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's interesting, too, when when I came across uh, my pick and seeing some of the films that he had done, I was like, oh, there's there's quite a few on this list that I actually enjoy quite a bit. And you don't realize those common threads necessarily until you start looking for these kind of things. And, and you start mm-hmm. thinking about why do I enjoy these movies? And maybe it is something to do with that. I mean, I think, like I said, I really do feel like big fish is elevated above um, a I lot agree. of Burton's work. And I think that the cinematography is a big reason why it is. And to see that he only did that and Charlie and the chocolate factory kind of shows that it's that, that, you know, to me, that is a big reason I think why it was elevated and why it was better, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. So, so what are we going to do next month? What's our staff pick for next month? What should our theme be? So, so for March, we are getting into, I don't know if we were still going to do this March madness. Yep. Yeah. I've already got um, a film that I'm thinking of where we kind madness. of, so we're going to pick films in that month that um, are kind of out of the regular space of films, you know, like Psycho, The Jerk, Parasite, just kind of, you know, madness. We're thinking more madness. So what if we picked um, our our the, our favorite filmmaker of kind of those offbeat movies? Ooh. All right. Offbeat director. Not necessarily madness on that one, but off right. Just off beat. I've got a, I've got an idea. Yeah. I like that. All right. That sounds good. So favorite offbeat director to go into March madness uh, as, (laughs) but it's our version of March madness. I mean, basketball is great. We all like basketball too, but this is our version (laughs) of March madness. (laughs) Um, We'll make brackets or something. (laughs) No. I don't think we're going to make brackets. Um, and then this month we are talking about Rick Moranis. Um, I think it, next week we're doing, um, next week we it. have, um, next week we have, uh, oh, it's your, it's your pick Jake. So whatever your Rick Moranis movie was. Oh, so my blue heaven, I think is what nice. we're going to do next week. Then. My, my blue heaven, my blue heaven, Steve Martin, Rick Moranis. Yeah, which I think as we started talking about this, they're like the dynamic duo of those two. Cause yeah, quite like because I think all together. month, I think all month we're talking about they're in movies together. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> that wasn't with that combo though. Yeah. Tracy, like what's your, Tracy, what was your pick? Um, give me a sec. Come back to me. Go, go do yours and all. Okay, <laughs> mine's mine's Parenthood. I love my Blue Heaven, but I chose um, Parenthood for mine. Um, yeah. So I watched both of those movies a lot when I was um, in junior high and high school, two very different movies, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I enjoy parenthood quite a bit. I think it's great. And, and being a parent now, there's a lot that you can identify. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. I, identify with. I know I need to go back. I don't think I've watched it in like, I don't know, 10 years. So I'm glad I'm going to be watching it again before we do it. My blue heaven. I don't think I've watched in, probably 10 years either. So I'm excited. I haven't seen to... that. In, I haven't, I was going to say that's probably 20 years for me. I yeah. just like, so every cool. time you say it, I just like, like see him walking through the grocery store. Yes. You know, like just. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and then like the... walking around without pants on in the hotel room and explaining why he can't wear his pants in the hotel yeah. room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking his jacket and crumpling it. Anyway, all stuff that we can talk about next week. Yeah, it came up on um, HBO Max as a as a newly added f- movie or something like that after we had talked about doing Rick Moranis. I was like, that's a great pick. I haven't watched that in a long time. And it was a lot of fun to watch again. So I'm excited so to watch Parenthood. Uh, let's do our first Mel Brooks film. Let's go crazy and do Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Ooh, Spaceballs. <laughs> Which... I have to say that was my first Mel Brooks film and I did not really know what it was. My dad took my brother and I because we were such Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. but I was really too young to get Mel Brooks's humor. So mm-hmm. I did not like that movie when I was a kid and I have gained an appreciation for it in the years since. But I remember I was, walking out of it going, what? <laughs> I was such a proud parent when a year and a half ago, my daughter comes home and she's not a huge Star Wars fan because to spite me. I think that's her only like <laughs> she doesn't do she doesn't do like a lot of like rebellious, you know, kid stuff, but I think that's just the one she knows. That's all I really have to do cuz that hurts the most. Um, so she's not really a Star Wars fan, but about a year and a half ago she came home and she's like, "Mom, I watched Spaceballs and I love it." And she's quoting the movie and I'm like, do I show her outwardly that I'm excited about this? Do I, do I, or do I just hold it in in. and be like, that's nice daughter. That's nice. I'm glad you enjoyed your evening. Yes. I've heard of that film. Right. (laughs) I I remember hearing about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I just love the contrast. You got James Earl Jones doing Darth Vader and, and he's the most intimidating scary villain at the time and then you cast rick moranis with the giant helmet i mean it just mm-hmm. good stuff yeah Spaceballs is a great pick it'll be fun those are three um they're all comedies but there are three very different comedies yeah and and he's rumored to be starting to make a comeback he he dropped he out of really acting is. for a while and yeah he's, yeah. he's slowly he left he's done some commercials but yeah he's he doing um, to take care of his family but he's coming back He's got a project. Yeah. He's doing uh, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Something or Honey, I... It's something to do in that in that world, isn't it? I, I think I've heard rumors. I do know yeah. that he's at least done one cell phone commercial with uh, Ryan Reynolds, so... <laughs> I mean, if you are going to come back, coming back to work with Ryan Reynolds would be fantastic. Not yes. a bad choice, um, yeah. So... Rick Moranis was hinting that he might be appearing um, in the Ghostbusters movie with the cast that's oh, returning. That nice. was as, as of four days ago. Um, so he might be coming back for that. I'm I'm thinking because it's on seven different newsreels here. He's probably going to be coming back for that, which would be great. I would love um, to see so that. I think yeah. he's coming back in kind of like small, smaller things. What people don't realize is he's also a really great producer and director. And yeah, so, he is. yeah. And then that guy wow. attacked him in New York, like in November, which was crazy. Do you guys remember that? Yes, I do remember yeah. that. And like everybody was hunting, yeah. like it was, it was almost one. The uh, most wanted. 
it, it was almost an issue that like united the whole country. Like you punched yeah. your Koranis <laughs> in the face. Like that was completely all unacceptable. All sides came together. Red, yeah. blue, you know, orange, with Rick Moranis. Like we all came together and said, yeah. look, you don't touch this, him. This That's guy right. became the internet's yeah. most wanted. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see him come back, but I have nothing but respect for a guy who says, you know what, I'm going to step away from this because I'm going to take care of my family right now. And, and he did it at a time in his career when he was really taking off. Like it wasn't like he was on the downturn of his career or he never really quite made it to the big time. Like his career was taking off and booming. And he said, you know what, I'm taking a step back. And I think that that's really commendable and awesome. So he's, he's one of my Hollywood heroes. So. So, um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, reboot called Shrunk, um, which mm. Rick Moranis will be returning, um, and Josh mm. Gad, I guess, mm. um, will be in it, says that it has just stopped filming um, because of COVID, um, mm. but uh. it will be back on. So, I guess Josh Gad is in it, um, and, but it's Child Shrunk, and says Rick Rick Moranis will be returning as Wayne Shalinsky. Mm-hmm. So. Good for him. So I have so many mixed feelings about Josh Gad. I, I am know. right there with you. I am so, right there with you. Yes. So I'll be interested to see how that yeah. film turns out. There so. are times where he's brilliant. For me, Josh and Gad either really gets it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's mm-hmm. times where I just think, I'm just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason why I didn't like what was that um, Disney movie that went straight to um, Disney Plus right at the beginning of Artemis the pandemic? No. Artemis Fowl. I think they should have called it Gad Fowl, Josh Gad Fowl, because <laughs> I think he is the absolute reason. I'm going to get some hate mail because of this, but Ty and I have talked about this. We both hated that, but he read the books. I did not. I said, Oh, Josh Gad is going to be in it. This is going to be really fun. And then no, it's really stinky. It was a foul movie. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love him as Olaf. He's great. I think he's got great talent. Um, He was okay in beauty and the beast. Um, I've heard his run on the Book of Mormon musical was really, really good. I that was hilarious. But I, I don't know. Sometimes he's just yeah. not that great. So he was really bad in yeah. uh, the the Agatha Christie train movie. The yeah, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was, he was not good on that. No, I really but, like him as a person. I would yes. love to have like a yes. ham and Swiss, mm-hmm. you know, with him in yeah. New York and just like in our red tennis shoes, eating stuff and chatting. But I, since like, I mean, Olaf, I think right now is his best thing he's done. Yeah. yeah. But I, and that and, and his <laughs> internet series, the reunited right. apart or whatever. Like I love watching those where he's brought back these yeah. classic casts um, and just talk to him about the movies that they've done. And it's, it's really a lot of fun. And that's where I'm like, I love it. Like, I want to just hang out with the guy. Like you said, Val, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm excited about a honey. I shrunk the kids reboot with him as the main character. He's, I just, he's just, he's very limited. Yeah. But maybe it'll be great and he'll shock us all. And that would be wonderful. And I would be so happy for that. Cause he seems like a great guy. 
really Ooh. quick. Speaking yes. of things that have shocked us that we were not expecting, I have really enjoyed WandaVision. I was going to ask you. And I didn't think I would. Hit, you hit episode three, right? And you were like, oh, yeah. I, I, and then you just four watched week, episode but... four and you mm -hmm. were like, yes. And I really, I think my prediction is going to uh -huh. be right. On episode five, we're going to be like. Psh. Totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was thinking of that while I was watching it. I'm like, okay, three is really starting to unravel the mystery. Four blows it wide open. And I'm like, five is where they're going to blow our minds. I totally agree. And it's interesting because I did not like the characters of Wanda or Vision that much in the MCU. They were okay. But they were mm -hmm. never yeah. my favorites. But man, this is a very interesting and cool show. And I love the fact that when they're doing like the 50 sitcom setting, they were using the same special effects, you know, with stuff on wires and um, yeah. they they yeah. mimic the lighting and the, the flat lighting and the, the oh, it's if you, We're if you going did to be not talking it about it on the Multiplane podcast this week, and I'm basically just going to let Ty talk for like 30 minutes. I'm just going to be like this. I can't wait. Because yeah. he I'm keeps like, messaging I, me like freaking out and like these long messages, and I'm like, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, I can't contribute to that, but... Well, and, and it's interesting because he's, he's got such a deep dive in those comics that he's picking up on all the yeah. little Easter eggs. And I'm like, so I, I just want to like Uh-huh. Exactly. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to pop some popcorn and just listen to his excitement about it. But yeah, if you got exactly. turned off by the, by the weird setting of the sitcom, this is, this is good stuff. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just skip episode one. If you haven't watched it yet and just go right into it. And I hate one. telling that to people. I liked it. I think that there's a purpose for it, but I hate when right. people tell me like when I try and watch like the star Wars stuff or whatever. And they're like, just, you know, it, just go to, straight to season two. And I'm like, well, that sucks. Like, like, I hate, like <laughs> it's, it's so hard. So one of, one of my favorite book series uh, just as a comparison is the wheel of time. And mm. I always tell people the first six books are fantastic. And then it, this, like next five books are so slow and it just takes forever to get anywhere. And they're just so hard, but you can't skip any of them to the good books that are at the end. Like you have to still read through them. And I feel like WandaVision is kind of the same thing yeah. where like, I would like to say skip the first episode, maybe even the second, but then you get to episode four and mm -hmm. it starts tying some things together. And like, if you miss those first two episodes and you're going to kind of miss the significance of what you're seeing, um, it's a slow, slow burn. I'm not 100% ready to say I'm a fan of the series yet, but I will keep watching it until the end because it's MCU. Um, and I'm a completist, and sometimes I hate that about myself. But, like, Just I would definitely... Just be a Twitter, Jake. Just be no. a Twitter. No. Come to the dark this is side. A man, this is a man who's learning to walk again. Come on. It's true. It's not a quitter. True. I just have people push me around. This is the difference between the two of us. I have some man servants. Whatever. Like, so, uh, as as I go, as I go and dislodge my uh, my couch out of the hallway in a minute. Yeah. People will be like, "Val, you broke your hip four years ago." She's like, "I know, but it's acting up today. So can you just push me around?" <laughs> but I've got this really cool jazzy. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
got unicorn handles and sparklies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be that lady at like 75, just in a jazzy. I can totally see it. Wearing your red shirt. I'm not even going to need it. I'm not going to need it, but I'm going to use it and I'm going to honk and I'm going to hit people. I'm going to be ornery as shit. As crap. Yeah. Sorry. Well, what and what can people do about it anyway? Like, <laughs> nothing, if you get nothing, hit by somebody in a jazzy, nothing. and you're like, "Well, I'm sorry that I was standing in your way." Like, that's, that's exactly how you feel. right. Hopefully, by the time the jet, by the time I turn 75, jazzies will have jetpacks of some sort. I was gonna say it's got to be like a hover something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Where are our hoverboards, by the way? Six years uh, too late. Six I years know. late. That's where they are. Yeah. <gasps> So I do want to just throw this, this plug out there really, really quick because I don't want to talk about the movie at all in depth. But if you haven't watched on Hulu in and of itself, you should definitely check it out because Tracy recommended it. Um, I went and checked it out and had no idea what I was getting into. And I think that that's for the best. And so we're not going to tell you anything about it except just go check it out. I yeah. still need in to log into Dave's Hulu account so I can watch it. It's it's something that I'm still thinking about a week and a half later. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. So um, Sundance Film Festival started a couple days yes. ago. Um, it's the first time in history that you can actually see almost everything from your couch, from behind the scenes, um, stuff to like, usually the only people that get to see like the interviews with the directors and writers and crew are people that get special tickets up in park city. But this year you can actually see a lot of that. Um, I'll post a link on our Facebook page of how to do it. Cause you still have to like register for tickets and stuff. Um, but you can get on there, see all that stuff. There are some great movies. Um, as soon as Sundance is all over, what I think is great about this year is one, I don't think it's going to go back to ever just being at Sundance again. They're doing screenings from Honolulu to Houston and all these different cities. Uh Um, I don't think it's ever going to go back to the same again, but I do think because they're, because of the way it is this year, a lot of those movies are going to stream quicker so that they'll oh, be yeah. on the net- Netflix, Hulu, and mm-hmm. um, Amazon a lot quicker for people to see. But in the next month, I'll put together some kind of list um, of the movies I think you should try and um, see. There were some movies that opened up this weekend and one that I mentioned earlier, Dig, um, on mm-hmm. Netflix with um, people that I, I'm... I, I'm totally done for the Harry day. Harry Mulligan, already. we know. Uh, Ray Mulligan, uh, Ray Fiennes. Ray that's Fiennes. the word. That's yep. one I was looking for. Carrie Mulligan and Ray Fiennes are in it, um, and uh, it, it's a great movie. It's a period piece. Uh, she it lives um, on this land where there's those big hills that people think that like the Vikings hid things in. Rem- mm-hmm. You know, like in, in Europe, they mm-hmm. have all these hills, mm-hmm. and so Ray Fiennes. Um, comes and he actually he's an excavator and he she hires him to excavate these hills to find out what's in them and uh he's not well known and of course there's these people from like the big museums they're trying to come in and take the you know the findings and all this time world war ii is about to happen as well so you see planes flying over um 
she has a son. There's a lot of great relationships that happens. Um, it's it's a really good movie. I I I, I watched it last night I and I and I really liked it. Ray Fiennes, great. Carrie Mulligan, fantastic. A lot of um, there's uh, some other actors in the movie that you'll be like, oh my gosh, like I don't know any of their names, but I'm like, I love that dude. I know he's, you. That guy was in Lord of the Rings. He's that guy was a dwarf. Um, yeah, or the, Rings, or the Hobbit, or whatever. So um, it's just a really, it was just a nice. It's a little bit sad, but happy at the same time. But it was just a really kind of cool movie. Um, but yeah, so that was a good one that opened up this weekend. Another good one that opened this weekend that's both streaming and in theaters is called Supernova. Um, this is a movie that I wouldn't recommend um, watching with young kids, um, but uh, it's really great relationship movie. I know we didn't plan on this, but I kind of wanted to to throw this no, movie please. out there. Um, it is rated R, um, but it has two of my favorite people in it, Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. Um, oh, I love Stanley Tucci. Here's the twist. They, in the movie, they have been partners for 20 years. Hmm. Um, and so they are partners, but this is what's so great. They get, go on a road trip through England countryside in this old RV <laughs> and they like go and visit old friends. They are kind of going through their past life and visiting all these old places. And Stanley Tucci has dementia. And so it's oh, kind of the story wow. about the person that you love more than anything going through this. And Colin Firth is just so devoted and so patient, but they don't like people don't know how to do this the right way. And so that's just this great relationship movie about how your loved ones struggle and what you do together. And there's, and I love how the movie, there's no like specific answer of how to do it. You know what I, it, it right. just, it just shows how they're doing it and how they have to kind of switch up what they're doing because it's not always working, but they love each other and they have great people in their lives and it's just great road trip. Um, mm. But I just, it was kind of the movie that I needed to see, but it's streaming and in theaters and, and it was really great. So I wanted to throw that nice. out there. Uh, cool. One not to see is the little things with Denzel Don't. Washington, Rami Malek and Jared Leto. I know. So I this is at the same at the uh -oh. theater this weekend, say that again. Denzel Washington, Remy Malik, Jared Leto are all three in the mm -hmm. same movie. And right. I think so, Tracy, you saw it. I watched it so, last night. So I feel like there are pieces of it that you're like, mm -hmm. okay, like Jared Leto has these really amazing moments. And I like Denzel Washington and Remy Malik's kind of um how they work together, but the movie itself, like all the little things, there's too many little things. You can put too many <laughs> little things in the movie. Yeah. See, I I, I did not I wanted like to Leto's like character. it so much. I wanted well, yeah, he's creepy and gross and fantastic. Well, even then I was like, he's just it became a caricature to me. It was like he's he's trying to be creepy instead of just uh, being and I don't know. So that didn't work for me. And then the ending didn't work for me. The ending and it was is awful. A, slow film it's, it's a very long. slow paced film it's, it's long. long it's more than two hours i it, i could have cut it to be a, a an hour 30 and it would have been yeah. okay yeah absolutely it would have been better it wouldn't have been good but it would have been better but that's on <laughs> hbo but don't check that one out <laughs> all right all right so there you go a bunch of i hate to end on a negative note 
a bunch of picks, a bunch of things to go see or to watch, and then one very emphatic "Don't go watch" from Tracy. So. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure that you also uh, leave any reviews for our podcast. Those help other people find our podcast as well when they're looking through all the different podcatchers. We appreciate you listening, and we won't see you at the movies. Bye. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.